Hello. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello, John. How are you doing on this fine day? Um. Well, it's been a week. It's it's been a very interesting week. We're, it always has. We're we're recording this episode a little bit later than we intended to because I had a bit of a journey with with my foot, and if if anyone follows me on Twitter, you probably saw me bitching about it. But like, I I I. I woke up with like pain in my foot one day and it was like in my ankle and it really hurt to like walk and then like after those two days it just like went away and i had a day where there was no pain and then suddenly the day after no pain uh the pain came back like worse than ever but in a completely different spot it was on like the joint between my foot and my big toe and it was bad when it when it when when it moved to that point, I I was quite literally bedridden, and I thought I was going to die. Because <laughs> mm. like I, I I did the thing that you should never do when when you when you have things going wrong with your body, and it's Google the the symptoms that you you are feeling and and just trust yep. whatever's handed to you. Because I was convinced that I had a blood clot. <laughs> Yeah, there was a bit of a scare behind the scenes where I was also concerned that you were going to die. <laughs> um, but it's gone. Uh, I'm fine now. I don't know. I don't know if it's ever going to come back. Uh, I felt a similar pain like a few months ago, and one of my friends told me that it sounds like I have gout, and I don't want to have gout. <laughs> that sounds like that seems like it could. Your audio just cut out for me for like a, a good couple seconds and it just completely censored whatever you said there oh the, <laughs> uh one of my friends so, so the listeners heard it but i didn't yeah uh i'll, I'll reiter- reiterate just for you uh what, one of my friends told me that it sounds like i have gout and i don't know Ooh. i don't know if i want to have gout because... i don't want you to have gout <laughs> i i i i told I, I told said friend i told her i was like gout sounds like one of those things that has a it, it's it has like a name that sounds like really fake like 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 scurvy scurvy doesn't sound like a real thing and neither does gout it i think they should be renamed to have updated names that sound more real uh i like scurvy's name scurvy's um, funny i don't know what it is about scurvy but it's 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 really funny it's funny because it has a funny name and it's like one of those things where like it it's like, how does anybody ever get scurvy? Um, yeah. Because, like, if, forgive me if I sound ignorant, but, like, foods that are, have vitamin C are generally not very expensive. It is not a very hard vitamin to get in your body. Yeah. And I feel like every story I've heard about somebody getting scurvy has been, like, some, like, like guy, like, some guys who do something stupid, like, decide to go off and, like, camp forever or something. Yeah. Or some incredibly stupid story where it's just willfully just did not think about your dietary needs and you get scurvy because you're a stupid asshole. Yeah. So I guess that's why it's a funny disease. Even though it's terrible and I would never wish to have scurvy in a million years. Yeah. But besides my besides my foot journey, I've been, I've been playing the Mario games because I got really excited for... 3D All Stars, Bing Bing Wahoo. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I I played all the the old ones on the NES, and also I also played World on the SNES. And now I'm playing played, 64. I'm having you played a, Land on the Game Boy. I I didn't feel like getting an emulator because like 
by the time my my copy of 3D All Stars arrived, I was in the middle of playing World, and mm-hmm. and having a game that that's just come out like sit and stare you in the face while you're playing painful. something else. Yeah, it's painful, and I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hop on in. And that's what that's what I'm doing now. I've been I've been playing a lot of 64. It's really great. I never finished it as a kid because uh, one of the worlds scared me. And <laughs> which one? Um, Wet Dry World. It's the one that like everyone says has has a a, a bad emotion aura. That one is haunted. I, that one is definitely haunted. It legitimately scared me as a kid, and I, I I could never like I would try playing it, and then I would just get freaked out, and then the entire game freaked me out, and then I would just turn it off for a while and never try again. But yeah, video games. How's how how you been? I I talked a lot for that intro. I've been doing pretty well. Um, I am like about two weeks of have not used Twitter for more than like two minutes a day. Yeah, and it I feel great. Um, I have like an attention span. I feel like I said this last time, but like I don't know. I just feel better. Uh, and I, I I don't really have the urge to like go on Twitter and doom scroll anymore. So I would urge anybody who's just feeling like shit all the time, even though we live in dark times and it's appropriate to feel like shit all the time. Uh, take a break from social media. You'll you'll feel better. Trust me. Find something to do. Take up Yu Gi Oh. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, not really, I don't really think there's anything crazy going on on my end, unless you want to hear about all the Yu-Gi-Oh decks I've been building. No, I... I'm, I... I'm building Domain Monarch, which is the brickiest deck of all time, but it's fun because it gets to stop your opponent from playing the game. Uh, so, fucking see me on EDO Pro, I guess, listeners. Man, Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh's cool. Were you, ever, were you ever into, like, Yu-Gi-Oh? I know you were a Digimon kid, but do you ever... Uh, venture in any other, like, kids' toy selling shows? I... I, I mean, I got into, like, Bakugan big time. Damn. But, uh, I, I did have a little bit of a Yu-Gi-Oh phase, but, like, my grandparents would never buy me the cards. I just watched the anime. Uh, I, as a kid, I pretty much had to survive off of, like, scraps of whatever I could get the kids at my summer camp to give me, and then trade off of that. Yeah. Um, which is the ideal way to play any card game, I think. Uh, but can't quite go back to that anymore so unfortunate but yeah um i've been doing i've been doing pretty well that's good um, all things considered yeah do you do you want to get into the reading uh i i i would like to get into the reading but but before before we do that uh I, I i would like to to talk about viz media's constant transgressions against me and every other homestuck oh god uh, you're right uh Listeners, I'm sure you've noticed already, and you probably saw my post about it on on the the brand Twitter, because I I had to I had to make it a, a big deal on the on the podcast Twitter. Viz mm-hmm. Media has has placed this ugly ass banner ad on the on the right side of the page, and it's ugly. It's so awful. It's so bad. I I saw people t- 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 like bring up the fact that like there used to be banner ads on on the MSPA website. Not on that part of the screen. Not on that part of the screen because that part of the screen is actually like integral to like immersion and later parts of the comic, and it, it would it, it used to be like at the bottom next to the news section. There was one at the bottom, like a banner along the bottom, uh, under like the text, and then there were two on the sides next to the news section. I remember yeah. this because they were always for that one porn comic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big shout out, Slipshine, front of the pod? Question mark. <laughs> 
Is it still active? I think I so. I think so. If you're under 18, don't look that up. Yeah, don't look that up. I didn't tell you to look that up. In fact, we didn't even bring it up. Uh, um, we, we are still talking about Viz Media and how much we hate them. <laughs> Viz Media, take this goddamn ugly-ass fucking banner ad off. It, 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 it drives me wild because it's ads for the Homestuck books, which makes it worse. Like, yeah. <laughs> Who who are you advertising for? A person reading the comic on the website is is probably not going to be that interested in buying the books unless they're like a big time collector person like I am. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's it's such a waste of of space, and it's bad. And Viz Media, please God, <laughs> at least put them where they used to be, please. <laughs> Vi- <laughs> I miss I miss the news section. I do too. That never I, got updated. I, I I miss Hussey's long news posts. And it, it felt like he was speaking directly to us because he was, and it was He's great. But long gone, Viz Media now runs this entire god awful website. Please fix mm-hmm. it, Viz. You have you have what three months? Three months until Doomsday. Oh God. Uh, but yeah. I still have to figure that out. How we're gonna do with the flashes? Yeah. Uh, all right. But that now that that's out of my system. Yeah, we can we can get to the comic now. Fix your shit. Yeah, I think you got us a, a somewhat better reading this time than you did last time. I'm gonna give you yeah. props for this one. Let's go, go me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's see. So where were we? So, uh, we had Black Suit Dave just wake up uh, after Jade shot a rifle about a foot away from his ear while he was sleeping. Um. And so we rejoin on on this Dave uh, as, as he wakes up and contacts Rose. So he gets in contact with Rose, uh, kind of recaps what's going on with Jade, that she's okay, um, that his future self has talked to Jade already, uh, got up to speed. Uh, it's all under control. Um, they talk about uh, Dave's... It, when Dave was dreaming, um, and he looked into the ra- into the furthest ring, uh, during that nightmarish Jade Flash last time, um, and how he reacted to that, uh, he, he he notes that um he looked he looked at it he was disturbed he put his glasses back on yeah uh, which might be symbolism, um. Rose says that the horror terrors, what he heard and what he saw was the horror terrors crying for help because they're out in the furthest ring, uh, outside of the domain of any universe being slaughtered, uh, constantly. Um, there's a couple of lines I want to touch on here regard related to this, uh, which is, uh, you deliberately fogged your vision your entire life, that line, and, uh, you have a choice to make. This is like very, I feel like it's being served up to us on a silver platter. Yeah. The symbolism here. Yeah. Um It's a little bit weird, I think, with the, the horror terrors because they're such a ambiguous um figure in the comic, I guess. Yeah, this this little bit really it it, it doesn't it's not obvious, but it, it, it is serving as another scope out in, in the scale of like what's going on in this story. Because the horror terrors are not game constructs. Yeah. Uh, it notes it, at one point in this dialogue that the, the furthest ring is like 
it's outside the domain of any universe. It's kind of can be thought of as like the space between universes. It's unnavigable. It space and time are weird, but it's far outside the reach of suburb. Yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of ambiguous whether the it's it's interesting how that's outside of the game completely, but it seems like a very integral game mechanic that Dirt streamers are supposed to receive guidance from them. Yeah. Right. Uh, but the whole thing about uh, Dave in 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 life and in his dreams, deliberately closing his eyes or shielding himself from the realities of his situation is interesting. I think. Yeah, it is. Especially because. Up to this point, Dave has had really not a lot to do in terms of the plot, right? Yeah. Like, uh, John and Rose are both currently very involved in, like, pushing the plot forward. Uh, or not pushing the plot forward, but, like, dealing with the whole Jack thing. Whereas Dave has just kind of been dicking around with Terezi and getting Jade up to speed, I feel like. Yeah, and that that was, like, explicitly, like, a future Dave. Like, Dave, a couple days in his future... And even then, right, but, but but from the narrative perspective, like we don't see Dave like doing anything impactful really at this point. Yeah, I yeah, I was just saying like fr- from where we're looking now, this is like a conversation with a past Dave. But even with the future Dave, like he was just digging around with Terezi. He, he his whole like time travel thing was just a means to get Terezi money. So it, yeah, Dave's not really yeah. doing anything. Yeah, and I think this is a a, a good uh, introduction to be like okay. Now you gotta wake up and start doing shit. Uh, cause Dave, the other, the other part of it that comes up much uh, later in this reading is the question of like Dave's agency. Um, Rose presenting Dave with a choice and like saying that you have to make this choice is, it, 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 it's a bit of a thing. Yeah. As we'll see. Um, Wilson's conversation. Um, so, Back to the literal meaning of this, the horror terrors, uh, if if Dave will grant an audience to them, will teach Dave how to navigate the furthest ring, uh, so they can go along with Rose's plan to find the green sun, uh, which is the power source of the first Guardians, nearly twice the mass of our universe, but I bit of an eyebrow raised there, and initiate a suicide mission where Rose takes her dream self carries the bomb that John is meant to find at the center of the battlefield and blows the whole thing up. Um, I know that the, the other major thing uh, that's, I guess, a little bit red flag raising this conversation is that Rose mentions in pretty uh, almost explicit terms that she has been in conversation with Doc Scratch. Yeah. Uh, which is Which is bad. Um, we know that Doc Scratch is a very not trustworthy figure. Yeah. Uh, I, I think something that's interesting, um, that I started to pick up on here is Rose being a, almost a parallel to Riska, uh, in a way. I am um, nodding. Okay. Okay. I, like, they're both light players. Um, Rose has this, concocted this plan um, where she is very confident that she can conduct the whole thing. Uh, throughout this whole conversation, she's, uh, very, she's extremely confident in herself, um, and her ability to orchestrate this whole plan and execute it, uh, without flaw. Um, 
And her being in contact with Jock Doc Scratch is extremely worrying because that's all Riska traits. Yeah. Uh, Riska was always, as we see now, Riska's very, like, into orchestrating a plans back to front, uh, conducting the whole thing, and being responsible for the ultimate uh, positive outcome of it. Uh, and part of that uh, was her, she was kind of groomed into that habit by Doc Scratch, who used her for his own ends. And now that, and Doc Scratch having moved on to Rose now, very bad. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what else to say uh, about this besides that, it, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, according to Rose, Doc Scratch also, sorry, I'll let me just go with this. According to Rose, Doc Scratch says that he wants to die and he no longer has a purpose now that he's never been required to summon his master. Um, which... Rose, honey, no. Why do you trust this guy? Yeah, it, it's... It's so obvious, like, what Doc Scratch is doing. Uh... Yes. Everything... Everything that Doc Scratch does is in service of, of his master... He everything he does is is in an attempt to bring his master into existence, and mm-hmm. with with the fact that like this this quest that that Rose insists is her idea, uh, and even if it is her idea, D- Doc Stratch being a first guardian, being omniscient, uh, he's probably just nudging her along the path just just to do what he wants. So. While it is her idea, really, it's all for him, really. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's kind of obvious, like, the fact that this quest really goes out of the bounds of, of the purpose of the game. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it it's obvious that this is just Doc Scratch just whipping and neighing all over everyone to get what he wants. <laughs> the, the other part of it is the dream self-suicide thing. Yeah. Um, it seems so unnecessarily dramatic. Uh, like, I, I, it, nowhere does Rose say why it's required that her dream self has to die yeah. along with the green sun and the bomb. And as, and for reasons that emerge shortly, uh, Dream self death is not as casual of an or- of an affair as one would think, and Rose losing her dream self is actually a big limitation. This is just like Rose, stop! It, it, like she's playing. This is all playing into the hands of Doc Scratch's inevitable plan. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What else? Uh, Rose also uh introduces patron troll as nomenclature here. Yeah, I come. Yeah, I, I think I said it like a, a a good many episodes ago that I thought the first name drop of the phrase patron troll was in Homestuck Squared, <laughs> and I was, man, I was wrong. I I completely forgot that like it said actually in comic in Homestuck One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. I I believe that at this point it was fandom nomenclature for a long time before it was ever like canonized yeah uh and in in various ways as well um but adapting to the format that we're currently viewing like as rose says it's it's the one that's obsessed with talking to you and is maybe obsessed with you in the romantic sense so Riska with john terezi with dave kanaya with her and uh jades is kind of 
lined out to be Tavros here, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was confused when, when that happened. Yeah. It ultimately turns out to not be Tavros. Um, but yeah. What else? Uh, so there's the whole Dave Rose conversation. Um, yeah. The story continues to, to mount an escalating sense of dread. Generally, in a Lavanda-shaped cloud. Yeah, and I I just want to reiterate from from last episode. I'm so sorry that I did not include this this little bit between Rose and Dave in the last episode because this would have been a good way to end last episode with this big dump. Give us a, an hour of content instead of uh, 45 minutes of content, 45 minutes of children's book discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Oh well, if if they're, if they're listening to this and they've already made it through that, so you're you're golden listeners. Uh, moving on from the Rose Dave discussion, um, we now get a conversation between uh, Kanaya and Rose, uh, where Kanaya expresses similar concern to us, but she is not aware of the Doc Scratch thing. Um, this is just continuing her efforts to try to dissuade her. Uh, all that Kanaya knows is that at some point she can't see her on the viewport anymore, and bad. Um. She emphasizes uh, that dream deaths are a bit more serious than you would think. Uh, you should not treat it with such frivolity. Um, she kind of calls out Rose on her hubris directly, uh, which is what I which is what I saw, and I was like, "Huh, where have I seen that before?" Um, can I uh, at this point jokes that she has trained Aridan to stop Rose, uh, which she she is joking about. Um, but she does note sincerely that she has gifted Aridan a wand. Um, yeah. In no way will come back to bite our heroes later. Th this is another one of those things that just seems like it's kind of nothing. It's it's exactly like Dave sending Gamzee the ICP video. It it's so nothing that you know it's a Chekhov's gun. Yeah. Put a giant pin in this, just as big as the the Gamzy pin with the ICP video. The comic spends three pages just in detail describing every facet and fixture on the gun that is mounted above the fireplace here. <laughs> um, yeah, Kanaya has gifted Erden a wand because he 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 fancies himself as a proper rival for Rose uh, in weird freak Erden fashion. And now wants to do magic. Uh, what a weirdo. <laughs> um, but yeah. Shouldn't have given him a wand that works. So, moving on from the Kanaya Rose thing. Uh, we now get to our third so I've started doing my notes, like, I realized that, uh, me hopping around has been too much of a problem recently, so I've started marking my notes out in sections so I can only cover a section at once, and I think it's working. I do um, I do my notes like page by page. Like uh, it's just like a bullet point list and like at the end of every bullet point I just put the page number for like what those notes are on. Yeah, I like cluster my notes with pages, but like I don't take notes on every page. So like if there's like a conversation that spans multiple pages then like I'll usually just keep writing it out. Yeah. And I need to stop doing that cuz there are a bunch of times where like a page would Two like two converse like a conversation would alternate with some other action. Yeah, and I, it it just yeah it continues to fuck it up. But yeah, um, 
But now we get uh probably the the humorous high point of this of this con of uh, this reading. Uh which is uh Tavaris's conversation with Jade. So much. <laughs> it's so much. Um I uh, this I I, I want to full I want to file this again under Jade is too good for this comic. Yeah. Um so Jade is pestered by Tavros, um, who a- a requests to talk to uh, her Lucis. Uh, he wants to talk to Beck uh, in a similar fashion to how Nepeta contacted Rose uh, not too long ago. Um, it's not as endearing as Nepeta because it's Tavros and not Nepeta, <laughs> um, but he also kind of ruins it shortly afterward. Um, so... Tavros uh lets slip that it's he has recently communed with Beck. Um and when Jade asks uh how or when, uh he recounts what he did a couple minutes ago while he was practicing his uh uh his, his abilities uh on the other universe. Um and he recounts an incident in which a much younger Jade, uh years and years ago, uh through the viewport was playing with a pair of uh, flintlock pistols, likely the, the very same ones that Grandpa uh, landed on the meteor with, um, and accidentally uh, fired one off uh, while playing with it. And Tavros manipulated Beck to redirect the bullet from killing Jade into killing Grandpa, and he's very proud of this. It's so sad. C- completely mirroring how, how Grandpa shot uh, Colonel Sassaker, but, but, but man, how unfortunate. What a way to go. <laughs> it is, yes, it is so unfortunate. Um, and it is, it is so incredibly funny and terrible how proud Tavros is of this accomplishment. Uh, he is, he is recounting the story to Jade of how he made her shoot her own grandfather and how awesome that is. <laughs> Um, thanks Tavros you're the best thank you thank you Tavros and in maybe the worst attempt to recoup Jade is naturally quite upset at this revelation she is not happy that uh, she is responsible for her grandfather's death as anybody would on finding this out and Tavros in potentially the worst way possible uh, attempts to save this by recounting about how he also accidentally killed his own guardian. Um, so <laughs> she's not the only one uh, who has been a victim of Tavros's wanton need to destroy my, parental figures. My, my, my favorite line from Tavros in, in, in this bit is, I think this is a good opportunity for us to bond and become closer in an emotional way. Probably. I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, this is one of those moments, like, we've been having those moments where, you know, like, Tavros really gets fucked over by the comic, but in the, in the, in the, the moments where he is allowed to shine and have a conversation with somebody who is willing to engage with him, he's just not in anywhere, he's, he's not endearing in the slightest, um... He's so bad at this. Uh, the, saying, 
Hey, I'm sorry. I I I'm sorry. I accidentally killed your grandpa. It's but you know what? I also accidentally killed my dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so it made this conversation made me like actively less sympathetic to Tinkerbell dying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so shit. Um, he goes on to continue to make it worse and worse. Um. His, his new confidence thing is, like, he's not going about it in a very good way at all. He just convinced himself that, like, being confident is blazing ahead and not thinking about what you're doing and just announcing all of your motives. Yeah. Uh, and so so first he, he confesses that he, he thought he'd take it upon himself to uh basically become the hero of Jade's life and he just says it. Yeah. And it's psychopath he, shit. He's doing like it somehow managing to do an even more fucked up version of what Vriska is already doing with John. Yeah. Like it's I don't know. This might be our bias talking, but like I find it more like it's slimier here. It feels slimier. Uh, uh Tavros likers. How how do you interpret this this dialogue between him and Jade. I'm yes, and, I'm curious. and not as a gotcha. I'm really curious. Yeah, I'm wondering if like this is our Vriska bias, uh, or if it just is supposed to just sound this creepy. And I think it is supposed to just sound this creepy. Um, like he says, like he thought it would be cool to save the life of a pretty girl and kill the fiendish old man who was threatening her. Um. <sighs> ugh, ugh. I feel like I need to shower, and it's not even. It's not even done. Um, he goes on to a a attempt to confess his red feelings to her. I just want to call out on page 3056, just Jade's face. Yeah. I feel so bad for this poor girl. <laughs> um, yeah, he tries to confess his feelings to her. Uh, it, it, it still like, minutes after confessing to her that he killed her grandpa. Um, it, it's like what Carcat does in the pre in, like, when he was previously talking to Jade, um, where he, like, says, like, hey, I apologize to you before, so I'm not gonna apologize to you now. Except Tavros is also doing, Tavros is also being like, hey, we got to know each other and we're really friendly before, so, like, I'm gonna start macking on you now. And it's like, all these horrible boys need to stay away from poor, poor Jade. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, it, it kind of reminds me of the conversation between Aridan and Feffrey. Mm -hmm. And, man, it's, I can't tell if it's worse or not. It's just bad. <sighs> Contextually, this might be worse. Yeah. Um, and, and poor, poor Jade is just, she's too nice for this comic. She's, she doesn't just tell him to fuck off. Like, she's trying to guide him to a way to to behave better, and he just keeps redirecting it to the worst places. Um, she just needs to tell him to fuck off. Um, his his final idea that he brings to this conversation is that he wants to use Beck to fight Jack. Um, which to which Jade has to explain why this is the dumbest idea possible. Um. Like, yeah, Jack just has Beck's powers. Beck is strictly weaker than Jack at this point. And you've already gotten one of my family members killed. Uh, leave my dog alone. 
it, it's so bad. Um, Jade, Jade, thankfully, God bless her, uh, logs off and, and just runs. Um, but, uh, uh, uh. Oh. Um, this is, this is, this is like prime, like, I remember why I hate Tavros. He sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately the conversation thread that buds off of this, uh, does not follow Jade of these two characters. Um, so, uh, after Jade signs off, uh, Vriska starts pestering Tavros, at which point I start just saying like, Vriska, stop. Stop, stop giving this guy attention. Like, you know it's fucked up when, like, I'm telling Vriska to stop talking to Tavros and not telling Tavros to stop talking to Vriska? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, Hussey has really, Hussey's really doing a good job at making me hate this fucking guy. Yeah. Uh, the thing about this bit with Vriska, though, is there's been, there's been a shift in, in how she talks to Tavros. It's, it's not immediately obvious because, like, she's still being mean to him, but it's, like, a different kind of being mean to him. Like, yeah. it's it's obvious that, like, something happened off-screen that we have yet to see that has changed how she feels about Tavros. That we may or may not talk about today. Yes. <laughs> and she... It, 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 it's, it's twisted from Vriska, like, wanting him to be better for... probably for her liking... To just her just hating him and just... She's no longer trying to build him up. She's trying to tear him down. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for putting it in better words than I could. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're welcome. I feel bad for interrupting you again, but, you know, I got it. No, it's good. I was I was about done with my little spiel there. Okay, uh, okay. So, this this conversation, actually, what the substance of it. Um, She comes in to antagonize him. Uh, and... At, at, Accurately identifies his behavior here as pathetic. Um, it, the the zoom out to show that Vriska could just see the whole conversation because because um, Jade was holographically projecting it is pretty good. Yeah. Um, fucking idiot. Um, but yeah. Uh, she just goes all out and just starts tearing down his new idea of confidence and you know what it means to like, take action and just fucking everything that he's decided to build himself on, uh, on the meteor, um, calls him out for just being fake, uh, not believing anything he's saying, like, just not doing, just not fulfilling himself, um, starts, he, like, start, it, it, yeah, this is, like, one of the things that, like, I think stands out, uh, relative to the previous, like, when he starts, like, standing up and saying, like, I think you're making me mad, uh, she doesn't even give like entertain it and be like, yeah, like let the hate flow through you. She's just like, yeah, fucking right, fucking come and get me, dipshit. Um, she shit talks Jade, which is honestly very uncalled for, and I'm not a fan of. Yeah. Um, feels bad. <laughs> um, and then we get one of the, one of the most controversial, uh, kind of early retcons of the comic. Um, I remember, this is, this is a really controversial point in the writing, uh, before any of the modern day things that are controversial, uh, where it's revealed that basically, one, um, 
Jade's narcolepsy uh, was a result of Riska just practicing her mind control powers, her influence over the other universe. Um, a lot of people aren't like aren't fans of this uh, I, because it's I, like. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I completely forgot about this point. I, yeah. Again, it's one of those things that just kind of left my mind over time. But I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I think it's fine. Um, I remember, uh, if you were, like, plugged into, like, the vague hemisphere of, like, Jade Likers, a lot of people didn't like this because, uh, Jade's narcolepsy was kind of, like, a defining trait of her for a lot of people, which is, like, I don't know, uh, it's one, it's, it feels like a, like, a list of bullet points you can slap onto a character without actually getting into their, like, character, and so I don't really care about it that much, but I know a lot of people didn't like it because it was just kind of... Oh, Risk is more... This is, like, a, something that exists in the comic already being shifted to serve, like, Riska's importance. Yeah. Um, and, two, and this is, I think, a bigger count on that front, because it doesn't make a lot of sense to me uh, on some fronts, is that uh, Riska manipulated the agents into making Beck. So everything we saw behind the scenes uh, in, Act, in Act 4, I think... Yeah. Yeah. In Act Four, uh, was a result of Riska encouraging the agents to plug that genetic code they found into the the ectobiology machine and make back. Um, Riska's behind it all. Uh, it's 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 all her. The the one thing that doesn't make sense to me about that, um, that maybe it's not supposed to at this point, is that the horror terrors are presently suffering greatly at the hands of presumably uh something um presumably jack i guess and it, it doesn't make sense to me why the horror terrorists would have given would have whispered that the code that originally came from rose's dream journal to her if it was if the purpose it was to just go through all that i don't know that was what came up to me uh, when i was trying to rationalize this whole thing uh, hmm. I mean, I think, uh, I, I think it was said at some point that, like, uh, a planet that has, uh, that is set up for a session of the game is going to have a first guardian to assure that the game happens. So, mm-hmm. I, I, I guess the horror terrors are, are kind of agents of paradox space itself so it would make sense for them to whisper the code so that it guarantees that beck is created uh-huh. I, I i just think this is another case of something that was destined to happen regardless of how it happened and Vriska just putting her hand in it so that she can go oh well it happened because of me <laughs> if there's an open cookie jar Vriska's got to get her hand in there yeah yeah I guess. Um, maybe I, I know there's more stuff regarding the horror terrors, uh, to come. Yeah. Very much more. Uh, but that kind of that was like a thing that I was like, that doesn't make that much sense. But we'll see. Um. And Risk really kind of wraps it all up with this line on thirty sixty three, where she says, "Uh, I am the unseen hand behind every major event in their session, and to some extent, their whole lives. Uh, at least those events not happening by the volition of their own natural incompetence." Do you think this is how it should be? Shouldn't the greatest player leave her fingerprints on every step of the rise of the power of her ultimate nemesis? And there's Riska for you. Thank you, Riska. There is, 
Risk is insanity yeah, for you. Yeah. That that pretty much sums up like everything about early Briska mm-hmm. and like why she does the thing she does. Yeah. She's <laughs> her hubris. Um Tavros, uh, he he decides to to finally to man up and stop Riska, and the only thing standing behind, standing between, uh, him and sweet revenge is some stairs, uh, which presents themselves to be more of an obstacle than uh, he would hope. And at this point, we get to finally detach ourselves from Tavros, uh, at this at this point in the reading. Yes. <laughs> Bless up. <laughs> all right um we get a weird little we get a weird little interlude here um so Vriska, uh R- we see Vriska in her little um nick cage hideout uh the, i believe this is one of the secret areas in the in the first meteor flash um was this an accessible place or is this not one of the secret areas wait what i so i zoned out what <laughs> the the uh the Nicholas Cage room that Risk is in. Yes. Uh that that's one of the things that I brought up when when I went on my whole thing about like things we missed in the flash. Uh mm-hmm. that that was something that you could access and there was a little flash within the flash of Nick Cage and it was mildly disturbing. I I again forgot to go back and check that out. Um so um what was me? Unfortunate. But yeah, so she's sitting in there. Um, we see her observing on uh, her trollian the jade in the tower uh, with the fourth wall. And through the fourth wall, uh, we see Andrew Hussey um, with the risk of mind control in effect riding Falcor from the never-ending story uh, with Lord English eyes. Uh, and he throws up on some bullies and that's it yeah <laughs> there have been so many attempts to like rationalize this this specific little bit don't to, try to like even. no no one has succeeded and i i think it would be really funny if it was if it was given context via homestuck squared it would be completely useless and nobody wants it but i want it I I want <laughs> I, I want it too. <laughs> it, it's just there. Um Also, he's moved on from the from the Kanaya cosplay uh onto the 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 day of cosplay, but he's still got the one horn hairband. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who knows what this guy's doing? <laughs> this just makes me mad. Uh or no, it doesn't make me mad. It it makes me a little bit mad in that like the hussy like meta parts like have some relevance later on they have a good amount of relevance later on yeah Uh, yeah and and this is just kind of dicking around yeah it um good reminder you can't take everything in this comic seriously all the time um so yeah uh peeks on the bullies uh and we go back we go back to the narrative proper um so we go back to John, uh, who has, after the windy thing, uh, ascended to the highest of levels available on his uh, Echoladder. Echoladder? Echoladder. Echoladder. Um, Boondollars fly. Uh, 
he observes the sky as the clouds return. The the fireflies are still trapped. He has not yet fulfilled his um, planetary quest. I keep burping. I'm sorry. Um, but let me talk. But yeah, uh, we get a short walk around Flash. Um, I I went and I did I played this the the old fashioned way. Uh, did you watch the video or I I watched the video. Okay. Uh, I don't think there's that much substance to it. Uh, it's very cute. Um, it's like uh, I like it's it's one of those things where it's like the land of wind and shade is a fun setting. Yeah. Um, ultimately, what happens is a conversation between John and Briska. Um, she introduces him to the topic of the God Tears, uh, which is kind of our next big uh, character MacGuffin. Um, and and the quest bed, which he must seek to rise to the God Tears. Um, John sets out to find his quest bed, uh, with help from the locals. Um, you around, talk to locals a bit. Uh, they're all very excited about the coming of the air. Um, the, the windy thing has, to them, kind of profit, like, uh, it, it has prophetic significance that, uh, their, their savior has arrived. Um, in comedic fashion, none of them recognize John as being the heir. Uh, and that's in, like, every single dialogue with one of the villagers yeah that, i i was gonna say like the 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 one noteworthy thing outside of uh what Vriska says to john is the fact that the bit continues that no salamander is going to recognize john as the heir and... i'm a big fan of it there's one other thing that like stood out to me that i wanted to call out um which is that uh in one of one of the dialogues with one of the uh one of the salamanders um it, 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 like, retells, like, their prophecy, which is that, you know, the heir will fight the denizen, and they'll, you know, at that point, the heir will be presented with, uh, the choice, whatever that is. It's underlined. Yeah. Um, which is, I, it, it's, it's there, I guess. I have, I genuinely have no recollection of what this, if this amounts to anything. Um, but that's the only other thing that, like, stood out to me. But, yeah. Uh, John, uh, sets forth, he, he, he identifies his quest bed in the distance and he sets forth to it. Uh, and there we're done with the, we're done with the flash. Uh, shout out to the hats and shout out to the mushroom farmer. Yes. Also. Um, I tried to, to fight the imp, uh, in the mushroom field and I, it, it just takes so long. I just didn't the, end up doing it. In the, in the, in, in, in the Viz Media certified video, the person playing the game really insisted on killing that imp because they did it for like most of the video. Does anything happen? No. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um. Yeah. I I just realized that like we've been getting walk around flashes and I've been completely forgetting to check for trickster mode stuff. Oh. Uh, I remember that we went over that Easter egg like in the very first one ever, and then I forgot to do it for any of the other ones. Yeah. Um, so shout out to me for not doing my job. Let me write that down. Uh, I know for a fact there there was. Well, maybe I don't know for a fact. I. Never mind. Forget I said that. Okay. <laughs> um, trickster is a bit of a buzzword. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So moving on. Um, John does uh venture forth to his quest bed, which is this stone slab with four pillars coming out of it. Uh, on top of this big raised uh like structure uh in the middle of his land. Um. He sits down on it uh, and has a conversation with Vriska about it. Um, with where he, Vriska proposes to him that he, she just kind of 
make him go to sleep. Um, to what she considers, like, you know, like, I don't think I'm going to go to sleep. I'm really excited. Uh, it's kind of a really uncomfortable slab of rock. So he ends up accepting uh, her proposal. Um, but the important thing is that she gives him the option to either make it easy or do it himself. Um, and she also mentions that, you know, when I reached this point, I had to do it a, a less pleasant way. Uh, and she'll spare him the indignity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, John accepts. Vriska, Vriska, I, I, I just want to, like, point this out. Vriska says, like, one of my favorite lines in the comic, just, like, as mm-hmm. a line. Uh, I just think it's really good, and, and it plays into, like, one of the big themes of, of Homestuck. And it's, the choices you make affect the destiny of the universe you create, as well as, as, well as the type of hero you become. And one of my favorite themes of Homestuck is self-actualization. And yeah. that's just a really good line. Yeah, I think that we've uh, we can agree that like self actualization is a really big point of this whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I uh, that she gives him the choice, and she clearly emphasizes like you have a choice to whether or not you want me to just put you to sleep or not. Uh, it's it, it's like very it seems very inconsequential considering. Um, but it's 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 there, and I think it's important that it's present. Yeah. Um, especially considering what actually happens in a couple seconds, which is that as John goes to sleep, uh, Jack appears over him, having finally found him and and kills him. Fucked up. Thanks for listening, guys. That's it. That's the end. That's it. The the shot of of John like lying there with the with the sword in him, and it teleports out, and he's just bleeding out. It's it's very sad imagery. It, I don't like it. Yeah. It hurts. <laughs> uh, I, I would say, uh, what's our page range, but we don't have any more. It's the last yeah, that's one. It. That's it. Uh, okay. Okay. You, you've been listening to a Homestuck <laughs> podcast. Uh, shout out, shout out, Alex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. John's not dead. Uh, well, he is, but. Uh, John Rise Up is is the next page. It's a flash. Um, and it's a good one. It's a really good one. Yeah, it's real good. Um, very One of the more emotionally charged ones, I yes. think. Yes, yes. Uh, it's very it's very well-crafted in that regard. Um, so, as John lies dead in his quest bed, uh, WV looks on in horror uh, through his console, um, and he... He he encourages John to rise up as the as as in the title of the page. Um, we get the the song starts playing. Um, the fireflies of the land start to kind of condense on John's body uh, as his quest bed starts to react. Um, we see another bet a, a, a similar structure on the battlefield uh, begin to react with John's dream self, who is beginning to bleed from the wound uh, inflicted to his his original self. Um, and as the two beds begin to react, light explodes from Skya so bright that the other three kids elsewhere in the solar system can see it. Uh, you get these awesome shots of the the other kids like looking in the sky, like, "Damn, shit!" Uh, as it cuts back to John, uh, resurrected on the battlefield, uh, in his new pajamas. Uh, happy day six hundred and twelve of Homestuck, everybody. Great. It's pretty fucking awesome. It's it's it, I. I love this flash so much. Uh, I do too. It and you're right. It 
it is a very emotional flash when when I when I when I first watched it when I was doing the reading. I I did have I did have a few tears come come and I man, it I don't know. There, I f- I felt them come a little bit. Yeah. There, there's something about this flash. The shots of like the other three kids really get me. Uh, I think that's what nails it down. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um. This is like such a like. The, the 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 journey of the like we talk about how the journey of the characters in the game is like a parallel to their uh self actualization. It's meant to facilitate their growth. And it this doesn't necessarily represent like John actually coming to any new nothing new as a person. Yeah. But it's so well crafted visually, uh, with the sound. It 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 hits so well. Love it. Um Yeah. Which <sighs> I should have looked this up before. Uh, which version of Doctor is this? Hold on. Uh, is it Plague Doctor? Um, cause I feel like it starts the same. Hang on. I'm. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> credits page. Credits page. Credit. Credit. Cre- ah, ah, ah. Uh. Come, come on, Aiden. Stall for time. Come on. Come on. What are you doing? I. I. I, I don't know. <laughs> Ah! Hang on, it's Savior of the Waking World. I found it. Oh, I should have known that. I listen to that song all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good one. Um, yeah, I, I think that it, yeah, like I said, I think if, if anything like seals this. It's like the other three kids like seeing this happen. Yeah. Uh, just because. Again, this is not coming up in a while, but, like, physicality between the kids is something that is still a pretty untouched-on thing. Like, we've seen, uh, what was it? Um, there, there's been, the like, encounters between the dream selves, um, and what else was there? I think that's a bit about it. Um, but the, reminding the, the audience that, like, they exist in the same place and, like, they, like, this is like such a momentous thing that like they can see it from their planets is like it, it feels very it, there's a lot of weight to it yeah um yeah uh and i guess like i don't know. i feel like i don't want to be like an asshole about like technical details cuz it's like such an actual like just good piece of uh piece of the comic um but i guess i'll be a douchebag and like point out like the the process of going god tier seems to involve like synthesizing your your first self and your dream self. Yeah, uh, that is actually something worth taking note of for like future reference. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it gets pulled out in a second, basically. Yeah. But yeah, uh, after the John, do do we, do we move on into the the Dave thing? Yeah, we can we we can go on. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, I just, I, I like this so much, like, I don't have, like, a, a, it's one of those things where, like, I don't have, like, a ton to, like, say, like, besides, like, I think it's really effective, and I think this is what works about it. Yeah. Uh, but okay. Um, we have her. Uh, we go to Dave, um, doing, trying to do the same thing, evidently. Uh, we have a green-suited Dave on a similar-looking bed, uh, in his own land, uh, Looming over him is uh, is our is our long sleeved Dave. Uh, presumably the, the the Dave in the long sleeve shirt is like the Dave that we always see, who's like completed the session. Yeah, and it's like just kind of coming back to clean shit up. But yeah, um, so 
long sleeve Dave is standing over uh the green the green suit um with his sword in a very ominous looking fashion. Uh and he pauses to message Terezi about this whole thing. Um, because he doesn't know how to feel. Um he wants to know he wants to know what to do. Uh he wants guidance from her. Uh and wants her uh troll omniscience about their timeline, as it were. Um and they have this conversation about free will. Uh, this is, I think, another one of those things where it's, like, really, like, I, this, you want to put a pin in this if you want to, like, write a thesis on the, on John and Dave as foils. Yeah. I, because this is a very, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, this, this whole bit felt like it was, like, really over my head because, like, it seems like, it, it comes off as very, like, very thick in substance that can be analyzed and i feel like that too a little bit yeah i um to the point where like when i was taking notes i really didn't know what to say about it because it feels like there's so much that could be said about it that i don't know what to say about it (laughs) well let's get talking and we'll see what we can come up with yeah um so let me let me just try to go through what I actually have written down about it. I didn't know what to write down from here, like, when I was just doing my summary for myself. Um, but they kind of go over, um, Dave is like, okay, so, hang on, this doesn't make sense. I don't know this Dave. She's not from the past. Uh, I would remember being stabbed and going god tier if this was from the past. Um, is so, in, so, he must be from the future. Um, but Terezi says, no, he's not exactly. So, through this, they Dave has realized like, oh, this is a doomed Dave, um, which is not great. Um, remembered like doomed selves are always on some technicality they're doomed they're doomed no matter if you're taking out of the timeline or not. Yeah. Uh, including poor Dave Sprite, who they, there seems to be some kind of confirmation here that he has passed. So, rest in peace, King. Pouring one out. I really miss him. Um. But yeah, uh, he, so he's a doom self. Um, they go back to, Terezi explains how this whole thing with the doom Dave happened, which is that, uh, previously she'd asked him, you know, I can explain to you, uh, I can show you what got going God seriously, explain it to you, but it's going to involve reconciling with your own death. Um, and the the two possibilities that go on here are either Dave says now or later. Those are kind of the only two things that can happen. Uh, the response you can give to that. Um, but they flipped a coin to decide this. Uh, the key point, though, is that Terezi flipped the coin, but she left a decision over the outcome of the flip to Dave. Uh, so he had to make the call. Um... So, the Dave that answered, I want to see now, is the green suit Dave, the one who was immediately taken to the quest bed and put to sleep. And the one that said later is the Dave that we see uh, prepared to kill himself. Um, This kind of raises the question of the futility of if Dave were to do this. Um, And what it would matter at all if Doom Dave got gods here, because uh, Paradox Space seems to have a way of uh, punishing people who try to get on technicalities. Yeah. Uh, Dave, at the end, ultimately rejects uh, Terezi's 
kind of game and just it's like give me just be straight up with me uh do i ever properly make gods here to which Trezzy says no you don't but that's okay because most of us besides eyebrow wiggle uh didn't ever make gods here um they and they lost the ch- and now that they've lost now that they've lost their dream selves they've lost the chance to do so um and the the whole thing that kind of Dave says, stop fucking flipping coins around me. I'm done with this, the whole game bullshit, um, which, and ultimately, Terezi seals this conversation by saying the whole thing, though, is that luck doesn't actually matter. Um, this is so dense. Yes. I, I feel like this is our punishment for every time we've gone through, like, a couple pages of conversation that didn't feel like they warranted any further exploration. This is a lot. Yes. <laughs> um, I think that my first thought is that uh, Dave rejecting Terezi's whole gambling thing at the end is a big moment for him. Uh, where he's like, I don't, I don't want to play with, I don't want to play your game anymore. I just want to decide this shit on my own. Um. And ultimately, it turned. But at the same time, the coin flip is is meaningless. Uh, Terezi never even looked at the coin after they made that pivotal moment, and the only two, uh, like the the two timelines that branched off from that point were Dave making a decision, which is like pretty. Yeah, that's that's pretty big. Yeah. Um, and, and Terezi says that. The only, Teresa says early on in the conversation, the only way to get you out of the whole, stable time loops are kind of like a, they're obviously like a self-fulfilling prophecy, and so you end up not really having to make any choices uh, when you're constructing something like that, uh, or especially, or not necessarily that, but uh, when Teresa was guiding Dave, it was all, it, we talked about this before, like Dave being built up by his future self and not really having any room to grow, yeah. and so Teresa had to just break it off and create a doom timeline to illustrate to Dave, like, the importance of his choices. Um. I don't know, like, what? (laughs) You say something. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh. Terezi, uh, her role as a seer here, uh, is she's a seer of mind, right? And so she can, it it seems like her purpose here is to get a general idea of, like, what's going on in people's heads, which she is generally pretty good at. Uh, and this seems to be a very finely constructed moment at at which Dave has to confront himself more. He has to, he has to, he has to deal with himself, right? Yes. And the decision he makes doesn't matter ultimately because it's going to be a doomed version of himself but uh it 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 it, it manages to provoke him into into like lashing out against Terezi and like not just going with what she says even though he doesn't really have a choice in the matter because the scenario was designed by her to not matter right yeah i don't know it's sure 
<laughs> you're not you're not helping me here. I I I oh there's no way for me to help here. I I meant it when I said I felt like this entire conversation went over my head. Um jeez. Well, I <sighs> That's about like what I have is I think this is like a really big moment for Dave, but I'm not really sure what the entire implications of this are. Listeners, feel free to to add us on Twitter or start a conversation on our Discord about what you think. But what do you think of this conversation? Because it seems it's very dense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, I think it's a big Dave moment, but I'm not quite sure. I know it's a big Dave moment. I'm sure about that. Um, but what it means in the con, like what it means for him and what it means for him and Torres' relationship is like so. There's so much that goes on in this. Um. And I, I don't know. I like the setup that Terezi didn't even like have to look at the coin after she flipped it. That that she constructed it in such a way that it was, it, that it was all Dave. Yeah. Um. That's the main thing. I think it's the main takeaway from this, and that's what I like about it so much. Um. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something. Uh. And. <sighs> Also, like, the, the blue ball of, like, us not getting a god-tier Dave uh, on this kind of is also a bit painful. I think that, ultimately, there are two lines that I like here a lot. Um, and the one from Dave, both from Dave. The first one is, um, he says, it was like Schrodinger's coin, but then it turned to Schrodinger's fucking Dave. Yeah. Which is basically what happens here. Um, and the other, uh, the other best line, let me find it. Um... Fucking, which page is this on? It's uh, it's when they're talking about the coin flip. Oh my god, there's so many pages here. Uh, when when <laughs> Terezi asks what's the what the two face thing meant, and yeah. Dave just says in a very flat tone, Two Face is a human Batman villain who's half ugly and flips coins all the time to make evil decisions." I like that. It, yeah, it's, it's, very... a, it's a good line. <laughs> I think this is a very slept on Dave line, but yeah. Um, listeners, if you have any thoughts on this, please get in contact with us, because we like this conversation, but we just don't know what the fuck to yeah, do about yeah. it. Yeah, I'm just sitting here staring at my screen. Um, I, this, this might warrant, uh, re-examining later. Uh, and, like, I would say that if it, like, at any point, uh, Demon Troy's relationship continues to be, like, a point of interest, and it will, I would say that, like, this is something to go back to and look at, and the, to contextualize anything that happens from here on out. Would yeah. you agree? Yeah, I agree. Okay. Yeah. Alright. I'm writing down my notes. Okay. Um, but as we fade out on Terezi, uh, her final line here being that luck doesn't actually matter, uh, we go back to, we, we flash back to our favorite character, Riska. Um, just after the, just after our favorite flash, uh, make her pay. Yes. After the events of the Aradia beatdown, uh, Vriska lies on the ground uh, in her land, uh, absolutely in a fucked condition, uh, I'll say. Um, we have not yet washed our hands of Tavros in this reading. <laughs> I, 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 I regret to report this. Um, just, just one more, I fucking hate Tavros. Um, and I don't know... So we've talked, we talked about before, this is a big, like, Act 3 thing, uh, of, like, the Exiles influencing 
the their their players uh over the console. Uh but Tavros like goes in for a kiss while Riska is like dying. And like Yeah. I mean, it, it it's been like established already that if if you kiss a dead body then it'll awaken uh, a dream self. And maybe Tavros is aware of that? Briscoe's dream self is already awake. I know, I know. I don't know what he's thinking. I just think it, it it's supposed to play into that, but I don't know. I don't I know so, what Tavros Otherwise plays. it's just fucking awful. I don't know what Tavros knows at this point, so... Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is... Yeah, okay. Uh, but we're gonna... We're, ge- we're getting into... I think one of the most disturbing sequences in the comic, yes. honestly. Um, but yeah, Tavros E goes in uh, before being choked out by his own hand, who is obviously... He's being influenced by Briska uh, on the verge of death. Um, and he starts writing... Uh, under her compulsion, he starts writing out in her blood. Um, uh, she, she's taunting, she taunts him a little bit and... Uh, commands him to take her to her quest bed, which which he does. Um, she, Riska, at this point, uh, gives what appear what seems to be like her final attempt at pushing Tavros, which is that she she has him lay her out on her quest bed and says, "I won't make you do it. Uh, but this is your chance to." take control of your own life and do something of your own volition. Um, and she, she's, she's putting a lot of faith in Tavros at this point. Cause I don't know how it might feel to be a dream self feeling your other self dying, but, but it's gotta, it's gotta be agonizing Yeah, for her to just not make him do it. And and lay there dying, only for him to not do it. I think that this kind of uh, I know that we talked a lot about how Vriska feels about Tavros, yeah. um, but I think that this is one of the most impactful moments of like Vriska does in some twisted way really care about Tavros. Yes. Here, yes, that she's yeah she's going through this. To try to better him in some way. Uh, and even with like the language that she's using in, in, in some of the early parts, particularly with uh but do it fast, okay, please don't make me bleed to death slowly. A lot of pressure there. Yeah. Um Yeah. The 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 her lying on her quest bed, you can you we see her dream self on Prospect, which kind of like made me think like, okay, so it's lying on your quest bed, like just kinda like sync up your dream and your uh, original self, because her dream self is, like, exhibiting the wounds and is bleeding, is just in shit condition. Terezi, Dream Terezi is looking on, uh, does not appear to, she's a little, a little bit just creeped out by this whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Riska continue. uh, Riska, the Black Queen, uh, Snowman, whatever, reaches out to her and urges her to just just get it done with. Um, which she responds like, "This is his decision. Uh, she she wants him to do this himself." Um, it, to which he he can't. 
she is she keeps the 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 writing keeps escalating in urgency and anger and emotion um Riska substituting eights in random vowels when she's really in a in bad shape like lent like it good thinking hussy because you can really see it here she's fucking yeah. freaking out yeah um this is why I think this is one of the this is one of the more disturbing sequences of the comic just in like what's happening um I don't know what's physically going on at thirty one twenty two. Like, I I can't tell what's going on. Um, I besides like Tavers like smearing words on the wall. Um. Eventually, the writing starts to be in Tavers' own blood and not just hers. Which, how did that happen? How? <sighs> how? Tavros, what are you doing? I don't know if he's, like, self-harming out of distress, or if, like, she's making him do it to, like, I don't know. The other thing that, okay, this is maybe weird. Um, on 3126, you can see the, the words, the, the kill me, uh, written, like, smeared on Tavros's face, right? Yeah. That we previously saw, like, written on her face. Or wait no 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 wait no he 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 wrote that on his own face okay my bad my bad I I thought I I had some horrible thought was going on I had like no idea never mind what what is going on inside your head what? I thought that like it th- that like that smeared off from her face on his face because there was some some illicit activity going on hello uh <laughs> I thought I don't know I thought he was I don't know like I don't know I thought he was going in for their kiss in some weird fucking I don't know. That's what I thought was... I I, I didn't, like... I, th- I I didn't know what was going on in 3122, and, like, it kind of looked like that could be what was going on. I didn't like it. Yeah. But, okay, I, I, I've I, now I, realized that I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm wrong. Okay. Thankfully. But, yeah, I don't... I don't know whether she's making him self-harm or if he's doing it out of stress or, like, what, but, like, now he's bleeding. Um... His blood is it, only on his hands, and... Yeah. I, I mean, she's not moving. She's making him do everything. Yeah. Uh. The other, like, other than that, like, I guess the other possibility is that, like, it's her blood, like, drying, but I don't know if that doesn't make much sense in terms of color, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, uh, this is fucking, this is, this is, this is nasty. It's, it's fucked up. It's, it's really fucked up. Uh, it's, it's definitely one of the more graphic sequences in, in Homestuck. There's so much blood. Uh, definitely, like, reflecting on how, how graphic and violent some of the stuff in the intermission was. This is, like... Woo. Man. This is one of those things where there was a thing a while ago where people, like, human stuck a lot of the panels, and, like, if you turn all this red, it looks, it really jumps out at you more. Yeah, and it definitely goes back to, like, what I was saying about how the different colored blood can kind of bring a sense of, like, desensitize. It kind of makes you desensitize to it because it's a different color, and because Mm -hmm. we are humans, we we don't see blue and go, oh, blood. Yeah. If this... Briska's got a lot of blood. Yeah, that is a lot of blood. That's, like, a scary amount of blood. It's, they, they have it's all packed in there pretty tight 
And also, the, uh, something interesting about this that I don't think we've we've mentioned. I don't I don't quite understand how the exile setup is for the trolls. I wish there was more elaboration on that because the fact that uh uh Hearts Boxcars and and uh Diamonds Droog are both Tavros's exiles. I'm not too mm-hmm. sure how that setup is. Yeah, and the Black Queen is Vriska's and Terezi's, and I, yeah, and I think that Vriska's been contacted by other ex- I, I forget. Yeah, it's all fucked up. Yeah, and, and the Black Queen was referred to as the Eighth Exile. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> where, where are the other four? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, <laughs> what the, I don't, what, I don't, I, Hussy, please, elaborate. Show us the other four exiles. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess logic would have it the other four are from Prospit, but I don't, I, I don't recall any of that. But and anyway, um, yeah, Tavros ultimately fails to man up and flees in tears and disgrace, uh, it, and does not witness Vriska's ascension, uh, which, which happens. She's here. She's here. The, the, one of the most, like, reposted images of Riska. Th- this, <laughs> this, this shot on, on 3130, uh, was a big meme for a while where people would just edit Riska into images and label her as Riska. I, I, I even did it with a picture of you. I edited you out of the picture and put Riska in your place. That picture haunts me to this day. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it, there's an image of me, uh, like, there's an, okay, so a couple, like, okay, uh, fact one about me, I have a boob mouse pad, um, fact two about me, I'm normal, uh, there's a picture of me, uh, sitting in my apartment where, with a couple of my friends, where my one friend is, like, holding up my boob mouse pad, and I'm standing in the background looking like a fucking demon, with my eyes, like, catching the reflection of the camera, um, and John took this picture and edited it so that I, he added some, ca- uh, they added some captions that were humorous, but they also completely blurred me out of the picture yeah. and replaced it with this picture of Riska. It's, it's one of my proudest edits because you can't tell that he was there in the first place and see, uh, unless you've seen the first picture. It's, it's so scary. Uh, so, uh, somebody remind me when we post this episode, uh, Cor- Corin, I know you're listening right now and you will be the one to remind me because you did it with the Kanye signature remind me remind me to to post the the before and after pictures because man it's good it's pretty good Uh, another good one is i think of the the one it's like uh the one in the bowling alley where it's like (laughs) god like my unbridled rage it's so good i love that picture so much and i feel so bad for the person who made it because i put it uh i put that i put that image on a hoodie (laughs) and (laughs) and i i remember i I posted a picture of myself wearing that hoodie and a few people retweeted it. And the person who made that image, that image has been around for like years. They, they commented it all. It was like, why did it, why, why, why is the picture that I made on, on your hoodie? What's going on? <laughs> it's a good pick. This is a good, this is a good meme pick. Um, but it's also, it, it it's good. Also, Briska is here. Briska is uh, here. We now have an explanation for like the whole, the whole extra life thing that, that she mentioned a while ago, her being the most powerful troll. Like, th- this is it. She's God tier. Uh-huh. 
God tier was like I don't think we brought this up with the John Flash, but like God tier was like a big like kind of one of those like MacGuff like Phantom MacGuffins for a while. Yeah. Um, it was really like class specting became infinitely more popular after the introduction of going God tier because it was like a more straightforward like physical representation of like this character's role. Yeah. Um. And also the outfits were very popular. Oh, uh yeah, definitely. They're well designed. Um, I really like the. How the trolls have, like, the little, like, latches on their hoods. Yeah. For their horns. I'm a huge fan of that. Um, yeah, like, the advent of the gods here was, like, a big turning point for people's, uh, fan OCs, because it meant that you got an entire new outfit to play dress-up with. Yes. Um, but yeah. Also, where's, where, where are Vriska's, uh, butterfly wings on the meteor, huh? Uh, uh, uh. Explain this uh, one, hussy. She's she folded them up and hid them under her shirt. That's like it would hurt. <laughs> I've never had butterfly wings, but it sounds like it wouldn't be that ple- <laughs> that that, that uh, pleasurable. Um, but yeah, uh, I this was another one of those things in the comic where it's like I never really expected us to get here to where the characters are going god tier. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, I don't know what to say about this. This was a big thing. Wow, we're over 3,000 pages in. We sure are. Yeah. Um, yeah, jeez. I don't know where to go from here. Uh, we could talk about how fucked up the last few pages were again. I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it yeah, f- most fucked sequence in Homestuck. I'm gonna call the... It's gonna be a fucking good minute before we get anything this fucked again. Yeah. Um. Also, I guess it kind of represents, like... Yeah, this this is the turning point we talked about where, like, this happens and now Vriska no longer reviews Tavros. It's, like, redeemable. Yeah. Which is, like, you know, fair, honestly. She put a lot of weight in his hands and he dropped it. And, um, and like I try, I try, I try, I try, I try to be sympathetic with Tavros, and I have been trying as well. I, I I mean, like I get it. Uh, one of your good question mark friends question mark is is lying dying in front of you. Uh, you have two voices inside of your head telling you what to do. Uh, you're basically getting shit on by those voices in your head. You have a large weapon. Yeah, you have a large weapon, and you are supposed to lay the final blow on your good question mark friend question mark. <laughs> it's a lot of stress. It's a very stressful situation, but at the same time, he fails. He fails to do the. He, he fails to take action and do what is necessary of him, and that 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 is that is both. The end of Riska's rope for him, and kind of the end of my rope on him. Yeah. Like, he doesn't do that. He, he He's a shit to Jade. Uh, I I don't have any patience left for this guy. This fucking guy. Man. Tavros. Um, <laughs> Tavros Endgame. Uh... Maybe I will have him down below Gamzee whenever we finish <laughs> Act 5, Act 2. I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, but... It, 
it's just such a spectacular failure, and combined with his nice guy shit, is I hate this guy. Yeah. Respect. Um. Yeah. The. <sighs> yeah, Riska. Yeah, it it feels weird to get this like after the fact, like oh this happened. Um, I. I feel like part of what makes John's rise so impactful, but like is one the giant awesome flash. And two, like, that it happens in the action of things. Yeah. Um, not to, not to criticize the, the writing style of this comic, I would never do that. <laughs> but it feels like the blow is lessened a little bit by, um, the, this being, like, a retroactive reveal. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, but it, it's still cool. I don't think anything is gonna outdo the, uh, John Rise Up. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think this this little bit was intended to be as this whole, oh, Vriska God tiered, because like after John God tears, if if it it wouldn't take that much effort to piece together like the the suspicious things being said by Vriska about her her status as the the most powerful troll, the 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 extra lives comments and and stuff like that. It's pretty blatant, it, yeah. Yeah. You, it's very easy to put together. I, I, I think the entire purpose of, of this, this, this little bit was kind of giving to- just context for like why she's kind of turned on Tavros, and also to just flat out say she's got here. By the way, mm-hmm. yeah. The other thing about this, I think the part of this is so like memeable. It's just kind of floating on like a blue background. Yeah, she's just nowhere. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> it's weird. She's on a computer. <laughs> Tell us about the Vriska Shimeji. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> listeners, uh, I don't, uh, I don't know how popular Shimejis were back in the day. I, I, I know the very, very. Uh, would you use the word very? Um. Yes. Yeah. Shimejis, if you don't know, if you were a person who was born after the year 2003, uh, Shimejis were these, these like, what's the word? Imagine a desktop stripper, except it's not a stripper. Speaking of which. (laughs) Except it's not a stripper. It's like this, this, this little chibi character that could be any character that you wanted. If 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 an artist has drawn that character for the for the sprite sheet, and you download a virus, and Dave Strider is now crawling on your taskbar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they can interact with Windows. One of the things that's very fun that they can do is that they can they can close a window. They can throw <laughs> your windows around, but also you can pick them up with your cursor and throw them around. It's great. This virus was incredibly popular. Yes, and and <laughs> I I recently decided to to download Shimeji. Uh I found out that you no longer have to down download download it as like an isolated program that you run on on, on your computer. Uh, it now exists as as a Chrome extension. So interesting. So it it, it can fuck around with your Chrome browser. And I, yeah, I recently redownloaded the, the the standalone program version of it, and I got I got Vriska, and every now and again I will let her walk around on my on my taskbar. 
cute. It's great. Great stuff. But yeah. Um First goes on your computer. Yeah. I'm gonna let you go another day without explaining the desktop strippers. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that that's a good sign to to uh to to move on, um and ask you, uh, what are we reading next week? Um uh first of all, congratulations me. We 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 made it past the hour mark with, with content. Uh let's go. Uh next week we are going to read to page thirty two fifty five. Nice, nice little page range. Okay. 125 pages, pretty good. Uh, do you think we'll have content next week? I'm sorry, what did you say? You, you just said words and, like, none of them meant anything to me. Can you <laughs> are you, are you, are you okay? Are you, okay, I said, do you think we'll have content next week? I, I think, so. I don't know if I'm okay. My, uh, uh, listeners, if you're not okay with talk about the, 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 weed uh ignore this this next sentence uh my cousin when she came up she brought some weed up here and it was some shitty weed and it made me feel like i was in a coma up until like maybe like two hours ago are you are you okay i don't know i <laughs> every day i wake up and feel like death is at my door and one day i'm just gonna let it in oh my god <laughs> we gotta get you off those mids bro <laughs> Okay, okay. Uh, do you do you think we'll have a good episode next I week? I think this so. This is a really high-pressure question. I, I think we will. I, I went through, uh, I, I, I looked at the content. Uh, there There's going to be some words. There's going to be some pictures. Thank God. Who knows? Maybe words and pictures on the same page. You never know. <laughs> Damn. We got a good one coming up, fellas. Well, all right. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, say it's time to take it to the close, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure, I'm not stopping you. Alright, uh, well, listeners, you've been listening to Homestuck Podcast, um, we, uh, over an hour, an hour and a half with content, who would have thought? Um, I am your, your co-host, Aiden. I'm, I'm also your co-host, comma, John. Um... I uh I want to give a big shout out to all the listeners uh who are sticking with us uh going through this count with us especially those of us who didn't just uninstall the streaming platform and just swear it off after that shitty shitty last episode <laughs> <laughs> um where uh but yeah no thank you for listening to um it means a lot if you are listening to us blab about this comic we like so much um. I want to give a even bigger shout out to Alex, uh, as always, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful man. Uh, our editor um, makes it everything we do possible here. Um, and we'll catch up with you uh, next week when we read from pages thirty one, thirty one to thirty two fifty five. Yes. Uh, see you next time. Later. Woo. Epic.